opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Yes, indeed, and I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be October 2nd, 2023. And again, the Lord has smiled upon us and given us a wonderful, wonderful uh, weather pattern for today and the next several days as well. Should be looking uh, uh, cheerfully bright and, and sunny in this time of the year as we are indeed heading towards the fall. And I, I want to welcome you to our, our program today. If you live here in the Bay Area, you are extremely fortunate and blessed. On the one hand, if you are traveling through, we are glad to have you in our um, auspiciously um, endowed Bay Area with um, all of the amenities that come with living here in the San Francisco Bay Area, the Tri-Valley. Uh, it's so many wonderful things we possess here in Northern California in terms of uh, opportunities, access, diversity, in the good sense of that word, diversity, uh, cuisine, which is one of the most um, laudable things that I happen to enjoy. Great restaurants here in our Bay Area and good people, by the way, really really good people in the Bay Area, of whom many I have had the great pleasure of knowing and, and being part of their lives and, and vice versa, they with mine as well. So we're glad to have you with us on this uh, Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, what might I say to you and I about where we are these days? Um, the Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 12 says, a prudent man sees the evil afar off. He sees evil, he discerns evil, he looks for it, he, uh, he knows that we have good days and bad days, he knows that we have difficult times, and then very, very favorable times. The same wise man said in another place, um, in the day of prosperity, rejoice, um, because God gives us those days. He pours his rain upon the just and the unjust, and we'll have seasons, and we'll have, uh, uh, we'll have a harvest time, and we'll have times of plenty. He does that continually. Uh, many places around the world, some areas better uh, endowed with these gifts of blessings than others, and yet in general, uh, the world is full of his mercy, as David says. But the same Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 12, goes on to say that, um, yes, the prudent man will look for and, uh, and spy out, if you will, stay circumspect towards the evil and thus is able to avoid a direct on hit. He hides himself and avoids the evil, the evil of the event, the evil of the circumstances, the evil of, uh, of happenstance is what life is about. But as the latter part of Proverbs 27, 12 says, the naive person, the person who is easily misled, continues on and are punished by suffering the consequences of failing to heed the warning 
which then becomes for him sin. Our Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, earnestly and faithfully letting the disciples know what time it was when they were enamored by the temple, Matthew 24, 1, 2, and 3. They were so absolutely elated by the massive beauty and splendor of the Herodian temple, uh, a third effort uh, after the Zerubian temple, uh, the temple of Zerubbabel in the days of Artaxerxes, the um, the uh, the the empire that came after the Babylonian, the Persian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, in the days of our Lord Jesus, the temple was a spectacular and ever-growing temple. It was in the process of being developed more and more by the riches and wealth of the king of Judah. Our master said to the disciples two things. That temple's coming down because it doesn't properly represent the true and the living God in the fullness of the gospel. It had its purpose, but that purpose was summed up when the reality behind the temple showed up and that person was Christ. Christ said that a greater than the temple had come and he was referring to himself. He went on to tell the disciples, therefore you disciples, beware of men. Beware of men. Do not be deceived. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a stark warning for humanity from the days of our master, even before him in the days of the prophets up to this very hour. You know, there are events, there are circumstances, and there are, are times when you and I need to take heed to the warnings. Remember what he told the blind rulers of his day? He says, you guys can discern the sky. You can tell when weather patterns are coming hither and yon, but you don't know your own season. You are not aware that you are in danger of being brought into an evil net. And of course, what he was talking about is the utter collapse of the Roman Empire and the devastation of the Jewish state in AD 70. Well, you and I have lived in a nation here in America, and we have experienced for decades upon decades, even maybe now uh, centuries, Warnings after warnings after warnings. And I, I know I hear this in the blogosphere. I hear it in the conversation of men and women all over the place. You know we're living in some extremely evil times. And you know we are in a kind of state of warning. There are warning calls. Again, we've talked about the canary in the coal mine. There are calls to take heed, to beware, to be circumspect, as Paul stated in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Evil men are waxing worse and becoming more and more worse. And we need to be aware of that. We need to know our role. We need to know our position. We need to know our calling. We need to know whether we are um, holding the line, as it were, as responsible citizens to do what we can do to make sure that that evil does not overtake us, our families, our children, and things of that nature. And so I continue to set forth warnings. I continue to urge you to, um, to study to show yourself approved. I urge you to be aware of the uh, legacy media outlet, the, uh, the, the, the misinformation system that is uh, prevalent and dominant in our larger uh, media matrix. In, uh, industrial complex, and that we need to uh, be prudent in discerning what's right, be prudent in determining what is good and helpful in our society. And I'm going to read an article when I come back because 
It has been sort of making its way through the blogosphere, and I do not believe that it has any intentions to be set forth uh, in, in our own nation. But around the world, many of you have probably been hearing about uh, an alarm system interruption that should take place October 4th in the United States. Well, on some very credible uh, uh, sites, blogosphere's sites, such as the Brownstone Institute, uh, where they do credible uh, presentations of, of authors with, with great insight, very esteemed men whose gifts are, uh, are, are reputable in our society, have, uh, have set forth some warnings. In this particular article I'm going to be reading uh, here in a moment and throughout the break is called the um, it's in relationship to the economics, economic collapse that you have heard if you are anywhere in earshot of what's going on with our economy. In fact, you'll hear that during the break on this radio station. KFAX will faithfully let you know what the economic stability, instability, dangers are. And this is where people are telling you to protect your uh, wealth, whatever that may be. Well, the, um, the article is extremely insightful because it's entitled Two Very Ominous Events That Are Going to Happen This Week. Now, I'm going to be reading this article, uh, and I will give you my estimation of its assessment because I simply want to uh, warn you that if, in fact, we have what is called uh, a test that interrupts all of our uh, media sources, then those of you listening to this program will have been warned. The article starts this way. I'll read some, I'll take a break, come back and read others. You only practice for something if you think that there is a decent chance that it will actually. This week, two tests will be conducted that sound rather ominous. The first of these tests will happen in Russia on Tuesday. I bet you didn't hear that. Vladimir Putin has ordered the very first nationwide nuclear attack exercise in the entire history of his country, and that is making headlines all over the globe. Huh. Haven't heard it in our major media outlets, have you? It goes on to say Russia will stage its first nationwide nuclear attack exercise across 11 time zones in preparation for a potential nuclear war. It is scheduled to take place on October 3rd, and we'll see Vladimir Putin's regime uh, present the West as a nuclear aggressor. That's what's being stated, that the West, along with NATO, is moving towards the potential of a nuclear exchange with Russia. Obviously, he believes that there is at least a threat, a remote possibility that the conflict in Ukraine could spark a nuclear war. It is being reported that this exercise will assume that martial law has been introduced in Russia and that a nuclear attack by the Western powers would destroy up to 70% of Russian housing. We don't know this. I, I could talk to you at length about all of the inflammatory uh, rhetoric and narratives we're hearing on both sides. The one-day nuclear attack exercise, which has only ever been done region by region, will include preparation for the destruction of up to 70% of Russian housing, stock, and life support facilities. It will assume the scenario that martial law has been introduced. And then on th uh, Wednesday, October 4th, we are supposed to have an alarm here too. And that's what the article goes on to talk about. When I come back, I'll read the rest of the article, and you and I will be informed. Now, whether this is a false flag, 
or whether our government is engaging in the utter foolish war game of wiping out hundreds of thousands of people, particularly in a nuclear exchange. Don't you think we should know? Now, if we don't know, it might just be a false flag. We'll talk more about that on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, the number one 888 one 888-367-5329. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are, and the time is 521. On the Monday edition of Lifeline, the number is one 888 I'm reading an article about two ominous events. The one where Vladimir Putin is in a kind of a nuclear warning test in preparation for an attack by the U.S., says the author here, but I've heard it all over again, different blogs and different websites, as he is also asserting. And he is explaining how um, the Russians have more than 16,000 nuclear shelters. And some of them can hold a vast number of people, which means the Russian people actually do, do believe they will be and can be attacked with a nuclear um, warhead, and they are preparing themselves. The article goes on to say here in the United States, we only have one, only one nuclear uh, shelter in the United States. It's in Seattle, Washington. And at the time that it was built, it could only hold <clears throat> 200 people. Now, imagine you guys, I'm gonna just give some insertion here. Imagine um, as long as we've been dealing with the potential for nuclear war, We've engaged in Hiroshima, Nagasaki. We have set off the H-bomb. We have, we have engaged in horrific, horrific uh, detonation of the H-bomb and the capacity to wipe out the planet. We've engaged in that. Nobody else has, but we have. They all have done tests. No one has killed any group of people, a mass group of people. We said we needed to do it to Japan, okay? Maybe so. I don't know. You and I are learning a lot about the nefarious nature of our military. You only find out many, many years later that our government and our military once again lies to us. So we still have to get to the bottom of that. This we must know. Apparently for the Russians, they really do believe that that is a potential reality. And why is it that we don't? Could it be that we are so asleep, so backward, so distracted by the massive mis- information entertainment systems of our media, social media, and our news outlet networks, uh, that they don't really give us the real news, the serious news, that they do not prepare its citizens for real hardships and difficulties. So while you and I are going about life as normal as we are every day, uh, naively thinking that the world around us is just as the world is around us immediately, that is to say, if everything is all right here within 10 square uh, miles of my own living experience, my own consciousness, it must be that way around the world when nothing could be further from the truth. But as I'm going to read uh, from another article tonight, um, Americans really don't care about what's happening anywhere else as long as it's not happening within 10 square miles of them. Uh, and that's a sad reality because that means you and I are not 
getting a grip on the reality of the world. In November of 1962, only a month after the Cuban Missile Crisis, excavation of a shelter in Seattle began. It was expected to be the first of several fallout shelters across the U.S., but ended up being the only one built in our country. <clears throat> The May 15, 1962 Seattle Times identified the structure as the nation's first fallout shelter to be built into a freeway. Uh, but just last week, thousands of Russians were involved in extensive nuclear combat drills. And of course, the U.S. is not likely, the author says, to hold a nationwide nuclear attack exercise anytime soon, because our leaders have fooled themselves into thinking that the Russians would never dare fire their missiles at us. Now, their combat drills took place in Swerdlovsk region on Thursday and saw 3,000 Tagal Rocket Division soldiers being trained on the highest degree of combat readiness, according to Raid, RadarOnline.com. Video footage of the Nuclear Missile Division's combat drills was shown on the Russian Defense Ministry TV channel uh, Zebda. Now, I don't, I don't know whether or not Russia was doing that to ramp their own people up because Russia uh, engages in the same kind of misinformation, the same kind of propaganda, the same kind of CIA uh, paperclip, clip, uh, mockingbird, uh, ultra K uh, mind games with their people as do our own government. So um, whether or not this was just to ramp them up, who knows? It goes on to say, if both sides continue to escalate matters in Ukraine, this is where things are eventually heading and the Russians realize this. Unfortunately, our leaders in the Western world just don't seem to get it. Now, I, I, I know that the Putin administration, along with, not Putin, but the Biden administration, along with its DOD, are fully aware of all of the reality of what's actually taking place in Ukraine. Now, you and I aren't because the media, again, is a perpetual Pinocchio whose nose is growing so long that most people don't pay any attention to that news outlet anymore anyway, because they're lying. Um, but our our, mil our military know, our, our administration, the executive branch knows exactly what else we are to some kind of nuclear exchange. But it's sad that it does not have the integrity of letting the American people know the truth. Um, the rhetoric was raised by loyalist MP and Army uh, Commander uh, Lieutenant General Andrei Gurulev, who um, said our strategic capacity in regards to responding to America is what is called a nuclear triad. This is what is designed for the land masses of the United States of America. This is specifically for them. In other words, the author says that the Russian uh, general, Lieutenant General is ready to strike back at America. If NATO goes off on Putin in the name of Ukraine as a proxy for NATO and really for America, we all know this is the case, and the Russians decide to send their missiles at us, we already know because of the capability of their missiles that we won't be able to stop them, stop them in midair and that there will be significant casualties in America and guess what, you guys? We will wake up to reality of which we are at present not even remotely considering. Last week, it was being reported that Putin has decided to bring in another 130,000 conscripts, 
Russian President Vladimir Putin is calling up 130 conscripts for military service this fall, increasing the age limit of conscripts from 27 to 30, according to documents. Russia's lower house of parliament voted last July to raise the age of conscripts, and that legislation will take effect on January 1st, 2024. Putin said earlier this month that he is bracing for a long war with Ukraine as Russia's armed forces press on with their special military operation in Ukraine now in its 20th month. We are rapidly approaching a point of no return with Russia. And so we should sit down and talk while we still can. You won't hear that uh, because the, the, the government, our administration, particularly this wild-eyed progressive left dominated by the uh, war, hearts, war hawks of the uh, DOD, as well as on the right with our Republicans. You heard some of that uh, in, in the uh, Republican debate. Um, headed to war. Can you imagine that? Ready for a nuclear exchange, ready to poison the air, poison the water, uh, toxify society, destroy the quality of our life, ready for us to just live a can you imagine with all of the exercises that have gone on, you guys, over the last two or three years with them shutting us down, locking us in, treating us like prisoners, treating us like inmates, treating us like uh, mentally sick and ill people, uh, that they would not also allow and tolerate that kind of condition in order to increase more controls over us? I, I, think, I think you can actually wager to believe that could happen with our government. And no matter what we would say in terms of wanting to uh, condemn our government, our politicians, our leaders, what good would it do after the bombs are dropped? Now, when I come back, I do want to read the second part of the article because here's what it says. The second ominous event that I wanted to discuss is the nationwide emergency alert test that will happen just one day after the Russians conduct their nationwide nuclear attack exercise. On Wednesday afternoon, televisions, radios, phones all over the entire country, that is the United States, will suddenly come alive at 2.20 p.m. Eastern time. This is supposed to happen Wednesday, you guys. Did you hear about this? Anyhow, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll read the rest of this article before we take up more subjects. The reason why is because wise people listen and evaluate, analyze, and consider the warnings when they come. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. We are. The time is 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. October 2nd, 2023, and I'm talking to you about two ominous events that may or may not occur. Many of us have been hearing about this over the last several weeks as we have been paying much closer attention to um, legitimate, valid information from different uh, military, ex-military, uh, FBI, CIA um, correspondents, or people who have uh, decided to step out of the mainstream and talk to people that are serious about trying to find out what the truth is about what's going on in our world, because we do know that our media is provdivized. It is a pravda. It is a neo-pravda a news outlet that, that just does not tell you the facts and the truth. And, and what I'm sharing with you here is because I just wanted to do my duty, just in case you are your merry way on Wednesday, October 4th, and at 2.20 p.m. EDT, 
every TV, radio, and cell phone in the United States should blare out the distinctive, jarring, electronic warning tone of an emergency alert. It's a test, only a test. Now, officially, the trial is called the Nationwide Emergency Alert Test. You know it's a test and not an actual emergency because it's accompanied by an explanation of the test. Anytime it happens, we know that. Even if your phone is silent, set on silent mode, you will still still hear a very loud alarm. That's how you know they can listen to you on your phone whenever they want to. Please know that. The alerts include a series of loud alarms meant to attract attention. These will go off and even uh, if devices are set to silent mode. There you go again. You can put it on silent, but you're going to hear it because something else controls your phone and not you. It's an illusion that you and I are in control. It's an illusion that you and I are free. Nothing could be further from the truth on so many levels. The test will last for about one minute on radio and television and cell phones should receive the alert within a half an hour of the test starting. The test system will broadcast a message reading, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. Not the national broadcasting system as you had on your television many years ago. Now you know it's all wireless. That's what 5G and 5.6 and 5.10 is about. Uh, That's all of G5, G6, G10, G15. All of this is about um, wireless in the future. A translated message will be delivered for those whose language is set up to Spanish. So does this mean that something really bad will happen on Wednesday? And the author says probably not. They are telling us that it's just a test, and hopefully that is all that it is. But they are obviously practicing because they believe that there is a reason to do so. We live at a time when one bad thing is going to happen after another. This summer, Hawaii was devastated by wildfires. A massive tropical storm hit California. Uh, And Hurricane uh, Adelia caused an enormous amount of damage in Florida. Even if a major disaster does not occur this week, the truth is that it is just a matter of time before we get hammered with more major disasters. But some disasters are avoidable. Hopefully our leaders will pull us back from the brink of nuclear war with Russia because that really would mean the end of our society as we know it. It's really true, and that's where the author stops. The number is one 888 Three six seven five three two nine. If you wanted to uh, chat uh, about it uh, again, um, you may have heard it. Um, I heard it in the uh, wings of many other media outlets, and uh, basically, I'm I'm taking this piece of information, the Y2K, uh, and other you know uh, concerns about major catastrophe occurring in our uh, world. Uh, not because I'm not hearing it through the major media outlets. I'm completely done with um, with anything they have to say. They are so um, so inept, just so bought. So the word is controlled. If we're not watching again uh, the Truman uh, story, I don't, I don't, I don't know what 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 can, what one can actually say about say about that. But uh, so much is going on in your world where you and I have to be much more prudent about what's going on and, uh, and, and and think through things and be very wise about 
how we assess. But be very clear to know that you just can't uh, ipso facto trust your government. We are dealing with a ministry of deceptive truth. It's a global phenomenon trying to uh, get a foothold uh, everywhere in the world uh, even in America, it's not quite there yet, and, and, and we could we could give a lot of thanks to free media, uh, the internet uh, outlets like uh, X, formerly Twitter, uh, notwithstanding a number of the compromises that they're engaging in, but there's enough resources and information out there. Um, it's It's enough out there, by the way, for our own government to really be working hard to suppress free speech and free media and other outlets trying to tell men and women what's right. Now, if in fact uh, we were engaging in uh, misinformation and disinformation and false information, as was told that we were doing three years ago, but we know in fact was exactly the opposite, that our media was lying to us, that Fauci was lying to us, that the Biden administration was lying to us, that the FDA, CDC, and the World Health Organization was lying to us because it's part of the patent plan coming down from the World Economic Forum and other places to lie to the American people. It's exactly what, what Plato said would happen when you are in an open uh what is called an, an open conspiracy mode. Just plain out lie. They will know you are lying, uh, but they won't care. Uh, what did Plato say? He said the price that good men pay to be indifferent to the affairs of life is to be ruled by evil men. What is the price that we pay when we are indifferent, you guys? We're ruled by evil men. So we can cl complain and we can moan and groan about the administration and our government, but we're going to have to fight hard, harder to make sure good men and women are in office. We really are. And we're going to have to overcome all. I, I remember Mr. Rush Limbaugh saying this many, many years ago. He says they are so dirty in the way they fight, the way they lie, the way they do politics. It's almost impossible to beat them unless you are as dirty as them. And this is very difficult for your, you know, quote unquote, Christian uh, mindset, because we would want to uh, uh, believe them like, uh, you know, often is what had occurred uh, during the whole COVID thing. I'm going to read an article that raises the question, why so easily compliant uh, when we come back from the break? But what Plato said was the price good men pay to be indifferent to the affairs of life is to be ruled by evil men. And again, another statement he said was, the one who tells the story rules the world. So then what does this teach us? If in fact, even good men become indifferent to the affairs of life, so as to ultimately sacrifice everybody else to the rule and control and domination of evil men. And if in fact, the one who tells the story rules the world, are you and I not in a very precarious situation, ladies and gentlemen, where right now the one who is trying to tell the story are the leftist, woke, irrational, postmodernist, um, faulty worldview holding of the notion that you can change the world by refabricating it through rhetoric and words. And that's the whole battle that you and I are dealing with today. Change the meaning, and you change the nature of a thing. Well, that is nothing but alchemistic 
uh, uh, we might even call that Gnosticism, alchemistic Gnosticism at the rhetorical level, to assert that you can just speak something into existence. Um, is the notion of believing that you are God. The Bible says God spoke things into existence. Those things that were not were brought to pass because of his decree. This is called the divine fiat of God. He has the capacity to speak into existence, whatever he wills. Humanity doesn't. What we can do is transform people's minds by the continual rhetoric, propaganda, misrepresentation, falsehoods, and lies of information and data that are drilled into the mind and the brain, flooded into your thinking every day, not only in terms of just language, but in terms of media, in terms of images, in terms of programming, in terms of visuals, in terms of optics. This is how you destroy the morality of a society. This is how you bring them into a hypnosis. This is how you paralyze their capacity for objective critical thinking. And even if they see that as something wrong, because they've been so demoralized by uh, frivolous and empty and immoral propaganda, such as what you see on the media 24-7, they don't have the internal fortitude or integrity to rise up to oppose it. This is what we were warned about many, many years ago by Yuri Bismanov. Bismanov, he told us we were being invaded. Our whole media system has been set up to make you laugh and make you, uh, uh, you know, distracted by jokes and humor and comedy and all kinds of foolishness and video presentations that have taken your eye off the real ball. This is where we are in, this, in society. The Bible calls it a strong delusion that we should believe a lie. This is why we will probably be unprepared the next time a major, major critical crisis comes up, except for we have been trained over the last three years to respond almost brainlessly. That's what I'm going to talk about when I come back, how we are set up to simply be told like Pavlov's dog, to sit and be quiet, we got this under control. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. The time is five fifty on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go line one and talk with Jermaine. If Jermaine is there, uh, Jermaine, what's your thoughts today? Yeah, you know, um, just listening to uh, what you were saying about the the national warning going out, I, I remember they did something similar back in, I think it was August of 2022 in uh, New York, where they had a, uh, I don't know if you recall that, but it was, it was pretty much like a, a nuclear warning preparation test. And, um, you know, they had signs, they had, they had a, a public service announcement, but it kind of disappeared. And... I think for me, I'm not surprised no one's talking about things like that. That should be national news, but it seems like for the last few years, people have been kind of programmed to think however they're they're supposed to be thinking or however the government wants them to think. You know, um, it's either, you know, you watch their doctors on TV, watch their points of view, or, or you're outside on the fringe. So for me, it's not surprising at all. It just it just disturbs me when I see churches kind of comply because at that point it starts to look more like a government church than a church of God where they're actually trying to preach the gospel. 
Yes, I remember uh, that that presentation. Of course, I, I sent that out in our feeds. Um, it was a short, about two-minute presentation that was so um, awkward and so bizarre because, again, there was no real context established for that warning. It was almost as if that warning was given because it was part of a necessary protocol, part of a um, maybe mandate given to uh, city governance to to um, to to present just in case there's some kind of legal uh, you know uh, fallout for something that might have occurred behind the scenes that we didn't know anything about. I watched it. It was short and it was just really mindless because. Once again, what we talked about uh, during that time was how propaganda was working back when many of us were children. That might have been the case for you, but it certainly was for me when we were told that we might be attacked by Russia or China back in the 60s, middle 60s and late 60s. And we were told to climb under the table. If you hear the alarm, climb under your chairs. Um, like climbing under your chair is going to do something with a, with a uh, nuclear attack. That <clears throat> That was something that was so awkward, so um, so um, so absurd in terms of if one were to think it through. Is that really the way you prepare your people to deal with the potential of an attack? Is to only have them hide under the table in their classrooms? I mean, what I shared with you guys in the earlier portions of this Brownstone Institute article was that uh, Russia has some uh, 16,000 bomb shelters that they have prepared all over Russia because they had they had taken nuclear war very seriously. It is very obvious to us in America by now that for most people, nuclear war is not a reality. And therefore, going back to sleep uh, and not being vigilant and not being uh, concerned is what... Uh, the globalists want what our administration wants, <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> and that what that means, <clears throat> excuse me, what that would mean is that if something difficult occurs, and I'm going to read another article in relationship to that after our break, if something difficult occurs, the American people are not ready at an autonomous, independent, personal level of free agency to deal with it, because it would it would require Americans to be trained in the real dangers of a nuclear attack, it would be it would require that Americans know fully the capability of our so-called adversaries, whether it's Russia or China or Iran, whoever. Um, we know a lot of that is narrative driven. Um, it would require us knowing what kind of nuclear uh, uh, attacks would occur. Like what we do know, for those of us who have listened to the generals and lieutenants and and different uh, agency uh, whistleblowers concerning the capacity of Russia to really uh, almost utterly and totally devastate America with the kind of uh, rockets that they have that can launch missiles so fast that we wouldn't be able to track them down. We are not prepared for that. Uh, we are just not prepared for that, that it would be almost demoralizing if we were told the facts about our incapability of dealing with a nuclear attack on the part of Russia. That would have to change the whole conversation, the whole dialogue around how our government 
engages in geopolitical discourse and um, and de-escalation of, of war possibilities, particularly in the context of nuclear war. Because what we have done for so many decades is engaged in the BS of a false bravado of our nuclear readiness and our nuclear capability, et cetera, et cetera, to where the American people, you know, have been living in a false uh, false notion or a false perception that we can handle those difficulties when certainly Israel, which is a pivotal subject matter around these issues, has built it for themselves, particularly at least for Tel Aviv and certain portions of Israel, uh, you know, uh, shields to, to protect them from uh, rockets and, 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 and uh, missile launches coming from their adversaries. And yet um, we have basically left our borders wide open, our streets wide open, our cities wide open. We've done nothing. This is something at the psychological level that is extremely alarming, Jermaine, relevant to the idea that our government is not being honest or serious about real threat to Americans because it hasn't had the kind of relationship with us where it could tell us the truth and we able to at least prepare for ourselves to deal with these things. So um, as as per this warning that's supposed to happen tomorrow in Russia, we'll all be watching for it. As per the warning that will occur on a Wednesday, the 4th, if it happens, um, I, I, have, I give two options, and then I want you to uh, finish up with your observation. The first is, is that if we get the warning, if that warning does come, it will it will confirm something I said to us about three weeks ago about the difficulties we're going to have come November of 2024 uh, with, with the uh, potential changing of the guards in our executive branch, um, either a real election or uh, some kind of problematic worldwide social crisis, uh, a global crisis that will halt the elections and put our uh, you know, sleeping president and its administration in a position of, um, again, uh, emergency use authority in, in a state of martial law for where American citizens are once again hijacked from the freedoms and rights and, and uh, privileges that we should be experiencing. But because we are in the process of a reset, we are in the process of a global change this will be some of the tactics that will be employed to uh, to break us down economically, to break us down socially, psychologically, spiritually, et cetera, et cetera. And I do agree with you as I give you the last word. <clears throat> what I do, what I yeah. just believe is that church folk, you know, are just church folk. They're, they're not, you know, church folk are not given to any kind of... Uh, serious regard to to the welfare of life uh they're just as susceptible to to you know to shallow uh very narrow thinking uh that is fundamentally uh you know pollyanna in nature we can see it i mean we we all know it um and so being a legitimate whistleblower and someone that warns is a uh is a call to just a few a few people so what say you before we close out on this edition on this first uh, hour. Yeah, I just think you have to look at the evidence. You know, they, they were willing to, you know, ride Diane Feinstein to literally her deathbed just to get a vote and replace her with somebody 
as bad or worse than they uh you know they seem to be i've never seen so many peace-loving beating of the drums for war people in my life like these people are seemingly they want conflict and they're doing everything they can to prepare us for the fact that they're they're going to at least try to get themselves involved in one so at the end of the day you know just you know, trust jesus we can't trust these people they've proven that they're untrue no i totally agree with you um it's a paradox and the paradox is this the vast majority of the senior administrative state what they call the deep state, the people who have been around for a long time, engaging in the confiscation of levels of economic wealth that cannot even be described. While the middle class of America, as I said, from the days of Rush Limbaugh to now, which is all the way back to the 80s, as I was listening to him, has been gutted out. The middle class has been gutted out. And all of the wealth is at the top. And uh, of course, we already know since the days of uh, of uh, of John F. Kennedy Jr. because Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has told us they have bunkers. They have places for the government to hide. They have well-prepared uh, uh, resources and, and uh, uh, refuges for them if a nuclear attack happened to us. They have a recourse. We don't. For them, this is all about control. This is all about control. That's what it's about. And this is where the American people need to wake up. We need to wake up to the fact that our government has a plan B for any kind of catastrophe. And we're not uh, part of that plan B. This is what the whole confiscation of wealth is about. This is why we have a pseudo appearance of freedom. But in reality, we're not free. This is not a democratic process we're dealing with. This is a facade. This is a show. This is a scam. one 367 one We'll continue after this break. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. The time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline, August 2nd, 2023. We are in our second hour. Give me a call. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you have any observations or questions abroad, and you just want some uh, some advice, be glad to talk with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number two and talk with Jackie. Jackie, are you there? I am. PJ, can you hear me? I'm sorry, I'm in the car. I'm driving. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound uh, perfectly clear. What's going on? Okay, thank you. Um, so I do apologize. I'm not sure what your topic for this evening, if you hit on COVID or Fauci or anything of that nature. But I just wanted your listeners to know that Dr. Fauci will actually be here in the Bay Area this week. As a matter of fact, tomorrow he'll be in Oakland. And on Wednesday, he will be in San Mateo. And on Thursday, he will be in San Rafael. So we are planning a rally, a peaceful protest and rally at the San Mateo location, as well as San Rafael. And if people want more information, uh, they can email me and I can uh, email the flyer back to them. 
Right. So um, give us the email while you are. You can just tell it to me and I'll, I'll, I'll say it a couple of times and then I'll, I'll remind them of the event on um, it's one is tomorrow. That's in Oakland, right? The one in Oakland, just because of the location and for safety reasons, there is no rally. I believe some people will be showing up there, but the main rally is going to be in San Mateo at the San Mateo Performing Arts Center and in San Rafael on Thursday. Uh, that's going to be at the San Rafael Civic Center. Right, and I know that you can actually, uh, people can get that at the Values Advocacy Council 2.com, VAC.com, because they're actually uh, planning on going out there too. So there's going to be quite a few people out there on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, San Mateo. And the other one is where? Uh, well, so it's just San Mateo and San Rafael. No, San Rafael, right, San Rafael. So for people uh -huh. that are local, San, San Mateo will be um, a, a pretty uh, a pretty close enough place for you guys to go and peacefully protest and let him feel that we are completely awake and aware of um, the notorious behavior that he engaged in as, uh, as the medical president's uh, this year, uh, and um, they can reach you if you want to give the um, the uh, the site the um, email address. You can give that now, so some people can write it down. Otherwise, I'll make sure I'll mention it before we close out. Great. So my email address is Bay Area dot against dot mandate at gmail dot com. I'm also on Instagram, and I will be going live from the event. So people can tune in, um, and the Instagram account is Bay Area underscore against underscore mandate. Um, there will also be another rally if people want to save the date on October 21st on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Our mm -hmm. group is working with Mom Army, and it's an indoctrination mm -hmm. rally. So that's coming up. I'll have uh, flyers soon, and okay. I'll, I, I will post. So you don't you don't know about. where you don't know where that's going to be. Uh, the indoctrination rally, I'm going to keep it local. It's going to be okay. Hayward or Castro Valley. Okay, that sounds good. So we're talking uh, the Bay Area dot against dot mandate. Uh, is that, mm -hmm. is that? Um, At gmail.com is the email. Yeah, that one uh, is there. And so I'll, I'll pull it up shortly and I'll, I'll remind our listeners again, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few people out there. We aren't the only one that know about this. How? How uh, how how audacious uh, is Mr. Fauci in thinking that he can do the rounds and talk about how great a job he has done, uh, you know, contaminating people with a with a product that he knew had the capacity not only to not work but to harm because there was nothing in the trials, remotely nothing in the trials all these years around mRNA technology that ever even remotely suggested that it would work. Not one trial. So the framework that they put around that stuff, he knows as well as the FDA, as well as the CDC, is that they gained the data to give numbers and give ideas that somehow it was safe and effective. And we know that that was fabricated information that did not correspond to the truth and yet he thinks he can come and talk to people I'm, I'm really interested who do you know jackie who that group is that wants to have uh dr fauci out who what institute is that that would even dare 
to have such a controversial person come out when we when we all know the facts about the significant harm across our nation and around the world. What institute is that? So it's a group called Speaker Series. I believe the website is speakerseries.net. But uh, get this, uh, they're charging $459 for a ticket to attend this event. It is a series, so it's not just, um, you know, that event that they would be able to attend, but $459. I don't but that's know because, really that, that, now, I got it now. I, I can tell you what this is. This is not for the common man. This is not for the common mm -hmm. public. No, this is this is what's really phenomenal about the deep state. This is what's phenomenal about the globalists. This is what's phenomenal about the progressive, uh, irrational, almost you know off the chart narcissism of the people who are, are presently in power. This is the World Economic Forum agenda of of touting about Fauci. All he's doing is going into different groups elite groups in California and doing presentations uh, for just a handful of e elite people. This is not about the larger public consumption. When he goes in there, he's going to spin doctor the information that he has always done. And I'm wondering whether there will be good people on the inside that will be ready to challenge him like Dr. Kiriati or Dr. Bhattacharya or Dr. Atlas or any of the ones that really know what he is doing. I'm really wondering who's going to be inside this group of elite people who are willing to pay $500 to listen to this man's uh, doublespeak again. That's so interesting to me. So I know Steve Kirsch is going to be there. I don't know if he'll be inside, but uh, Steve Kirsch is planning on attending, and I'm sure other people that are very outspoken. Um, well, if, if, if Steve, there. which is excellent uh, MIT businessman from Silicon Valley, if he's there on the inside, he will be trying to challenge. He will be. There's oh, no yeah, doubt about sure. it. <laughs> but, sure. but otherwise, you guys will definitely be able to have a good time outside conversing and uh, and connecting and that that will be a good thing we've got to continue doing what we can do as free men and women to make sure that the narrative that has been destructive and dystopian for the last three years doesn't have the kind of uh leeway uh because of our passivity and because of our naivete where we can uh turn these kind of kaborkian types into heroes we cannot allow that to happen so um uh may may the lord's will be done and bless people with health and strength joy and fullness freedom and uh and and clarity and and preciseness of a uh, purpose there as they exercise their non-violent uh free gatherings on this wednesday in san mateo thanks for giving us the information We'll talk to you soon. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. All the lines are open. one 367 one If you and I discover a year from now or two that we are moving in a different direction, a direction that, consti a direction that constitutes accountability, a direction that constitutes a broad spectrum of freedom of ideas, a direction that allows for serious debate, a direction that brings about accountability for these kinds of criminal actions. It won't be for the people who are sitting by passively keeping their mouth shut. It won't be because 
of the good men that Plato said who are passive, which will allow evil men to rule. It won't be because of you. It will be because of people like Jackie and others who care enough about this country to at least show up, stand up, and speak up. This is the truth. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 621 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got 30 minutes to go. If you want to chat with yours truly, PJ, uh, on this Monday edition of Lifeline, you need to give me a call, one 367 Let's go to line number one and talk with Elisa. Elisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's up? Hi. So the one in Samatel is it's called the Samatel Speaker Series. Mm-hmm. And we used to go to that consistently and you pay a, a fee. You think it'd be like five, five people of whatever you want to call it, authors, prestige, military, whatever. And you pay a fee, and then when someone like spouts your like in our case, we went and saw Clinton, you pay an extra fee for that speaker. And Clinton looked like he just got off of Epstein's airplane. That's how jacked up he looked. So wow. we were part of that whole. We were indoctrinated. So what year? What year was that? Talking. That was so. We haven't gone for four years. Probably Clinton was there. I want to say maybe ten years ago. Okay. Okay. Now, but tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a bit about that, uh, just a bit more. I mean, you gave me some. So this is not, who, who, who is this for? I mean, to have speakers come out and then let's say $500 a piece, that's not big money at all. I know that for, you know, really popular speakers, the Clintons, particularly Hillary, you know, after she, you know, took out quite a few folks and made a name for herself you know she could she could garner you know tens of thousands of dollars for a speaking occasion i could imagine uh president clinton to could as well but um i mean what what caliber of people uh, is part of this institution you're talking about these are the uh limousine liberals Got the it. people that live up and down silicon valley yep. and are 100 asleep yeah, and, I, I love yeah. the way you put that. Limousine liberals. That's a perfect uh, optic for us because, you know, our audience is broad and a lot of people are just, you know, middle class, lower middle class. Limousine liberals, Silicon Valley, perfect. That's That that makes all the sense in the world. So what's your thoughts? So these are, this is a, well, a couple things. So um, when I was working uh, on, Steve and I were working on the Recall Newsome, and so yeah. I had, I was probably the only person in Berlingame that had a recall Newsom on my, in my window. Right. And, and, um, I had people that I had, our kids had gone to school. We worked out every day together. Um, I wouldn't call them friends, but we were workout partners, you know, sure. just PTA sure. friends. And they called me and said, you know, don't ever contact me again. Right. And, um, they're, 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 they're totally 100%. They're, they're so brainwashed and indoctrinated that i'd say out of like five of the uh parents five of the, the groups two yeah. of the kids are either gay or lesbian right and, right this is yeah and I'd say on, even out of that right now like well back then um i knew only one person that was their kid was turning into a uh 
I don't even know what you yep. do that yep. trans trans yep. whatever whatever yep. I, I don't even know what the proper term is in the Bible because it's just it's it's insane right that you try to cut off your penis or girl's breast it's just absolutely insane and they think it's okay they yep. think it's like they you look at them they're good so at the um, rally it's gonna be amazing probably not even notice the uh, the rally goers or they'll just look at them with like this sleepy eye like why why are they what's what's happening here why are they here they're like zombies. they're like they're zombies they're zombies. zombies they're all jabbed up they're probably five jabs deep they're yeah. hooked up to the 5d um they stop on the railroad tracks in their teslas they actually stop in the middle of the railroad tracks like they have no idea and when i honk at them they look like they want to kill me but then i'm like they're on that railroad tracks and they're like oh oh thank you they're out of it they're 100 right. out of it okay right. then i want to switch over to that uh, alarm thing the sure. emergency broadcast. I heard sure. that about a couple of years ago. It seems like everything just keeps folding out. Cycling back. No, these are cycle back. These are cycle back methods for drip drip crisis. This is about just. This is why I'm going to read an article and talk about it before I close, if I have time. This is your drip drip method of paral uh, paralyzing people into fear and gripping and controlling them again. Right. Well, I watched Steve and I watched that movie last night, which is. Um, the only thing I didn't know is that the Netflix guy is Bernays nephew. Like, um, are you kidding? You didn't know me? that? No, I knew about uh, uh, what's his face and uh, Bernays. Yeah. Um, I always want to say Sigmund Freud, but same, same, same devil. Um, no, they're uh, cousins. Uh, they're cousins. Right. So they're all. It's all just so dastardly, demonic. And so, right. what, but what I had heard is, I because I've been hearing it got rolled out again probably in the last three weeks. I've been hearing about this and just kind of yeah. just just praying on it. And because yeah. what they've told, what I've heard is they say, don't leave your house. Like, don't, right. this is an emergency order from your president. Do not right. leave your house or you will be shot. So right. it's like, it, they're that's just like not That's to not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Right. No, it's so, insane. No, it's absolutely right. insane well, because if you have God, which after after I was listening to that movie last night, I was like, oh, holy smokes. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, pray, pray, pray. And I keep hearing you say, if you have the foundation of God, everything is going to just be so beautiful. And you're going to watch people lose your, their minds. But you're going to be able to be steadfast in the Lord and just say, God, help me out. And he's right. going to put this protective barrier over you. And then we can just walk in just beautiful light. Yeah, that's Psalm 23. Uh, yeah, and, and and in terms of that, um, I, you know, this is where I, 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 this is so hard. This is so difficult, meaning there's so much going on by way of legitimate information and then also uh, distorted information, um, facts uh, over against fiction. And this is also part of the narrative, fact against fiction. What this is designed to do it's designed to paralyze the incredulous, the people that are already leaning into naivete, that don't want to believe uh, evil exists, that don't want to believe that there is a very clear indicator of the manipulative, deceptive, controlling mechanisms of media. People that don't want to do that, they will, they will comply. I'm going to be reading that article after I talk with you, and they're going to hope that they're okay. 
the part that you guys are hearing that's designed to talk about people getting shot in the streets or, you know, taken or what have you, all of that is also part of the other side of the PSYOP of the CIA. You have to be careful not to slip into QAnon again because QAnon is coming through another door. Some of those other tactics are coming in through other doors, giving you false flags, creating false fears. Um, this is all this is all a conflict narrative uh, programming agenda, and we need to just simply keep our calm, uh, ride through it. There is a high possibility that nothing will happen at all, not even an emergency signal given. So we want to be ready for that because we've got to have the conversation afterwards as to what's really going on. You want to you have anything else you want to say before I go? Um, no, that's up. Thank you, Jesse. How, how is, uh, how's my man doing? Oh, he's, say hi, Steve. How you doing, Jesse? You good? Everything okay? I, good. You know, I've been keeping up with, uh, with what's been going on with your, with your aunt. You guys all right? Everything's perfect. No, everything's good. Everything's right. perfecto mundo. Great, you, great. Jesse. Yep. Keep your feet on the ground. Yep. Keep your powder dry. We'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistin. We'll be in the house on Tuesday night uh, for, for for Tuesday night Bible study, and we will have some conversations about Wednesday, and we will pray about it for sure, and we will be ready for all of the um, uh, false narratives that come our way. Uh, we definitely want to be prudent and insightful and discerning and non-afraid uh, and grounded and, uh, and and productive, uh, but we got to weed between the wheat and the chaff. You have to always do that. <clears throat> you have to always do that. That is essential. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. Or you may call one 367 Before I go to the phone lines, I do want to read a portion of this article because I thought it was so insightful. The title is, Why Did People Comply? Now, this is a Brownstone Institute article written by Maximilian LaCour, and this just came out yesterday. Why did people comply? We really want to think this through. The author goes on to say on Monday, the 16th of March, 2020, when Boris Johnson first proclaimed, you must stay home. I very meekly said, okay. And the chances are that you did too. Polling from the time shows that self-reported compliance with the stay-at-home orders was high a finding broadly corroborated by mobility data, which has the marked advantage of not depending on respondents' honesty about following the law, Jackson and Bradford stated. Lots of people stayed home. The question is why. <clears throat> In itself, however, this data alone does not tell us why an unprecedented suspension of our civil liberties enjoyed such high levels of compliance. That's the way you can frame the question and the topic we're addressing. Why? did compliance take place? Why did such unprecedented suspension of our civil liberties enjoy such high levels of compliance? You got to think it through, ladies and gentlemen. You really do, because it was nothing like that 
Nothing like this has ever happened before. And why were people so ready to comply? There are, however, surveys that do provide some insight. And amongst their more surprising findings is that instrumental considerations, that is personal fear of the virus or coercion by the state. Okay, so the first thing the article says is that instrumental considerations are that most people complied out of personal fear of the virus. That makes sense to a certain degree. That is, initially, you would be concerned about the virus having such measures of disease and, and potential sickness and illness that, yes, you're ready to comply, particularly when we were given a false, uh, what they called computerized uh, assessment of the potential harm of the virus that didn't correspond to reality at all. This was done in Britain by a particular nefarious character who should never be used again for his outrageous, disproportionate uh, assertion that hundreds of thousands millions of people would die from the virus with no evidence whatsoever. It was a good scare, though. So the fear of the virus and then coercion by the state, that's the other one. Makes sense. People don't want to, they don't want to battle with the government. So fear of personal harm and battle with the government, this is called instrumental considerations, may have been relatively unimportant in the driving compliance with lockdown rules. This is what Arthur is saying. Those two reasonable possibilities were not as important. Instead, they found that in general, people followed the rules because one, they were the law, and two, because they provided us with a shared understanding of what was good and right to do, which many of us seem to have internalized. Please, please take this to consideration. In other words, the, uh, the condition of the people prior to the lockdowns was such that as soon as the decree came from on high, from Fauci, people began to go to church. What he said was the law. It was not the law. It was not constitutional. It was not even science. We know this. It wasn't law. It wasn't constitutional. It wasn't science. But because he stood behind the presidential platform and spoke out, it became law to the citizens. And because it provided us with a shared understanding of what was listened to this now, good and right to do, which many of us seem to have internalized. In other words, I love the way the article is, is addressing how we were so absolutely mindlessly compliant to something that was unconstitutional, non-scientific, and over the long run, we found out that it was harmful. The first of these is not particularly surprising. The law enjoys a the law enjoys a reservoir of loyalty amongst Brits, who are therefore already predisposed to respect its edicts just because they have been made law. You meet people like that all day. It's the law. It's the law. It's the law. Um, but that's not how that works. It has to be legitimate law, just law, appropriate law. It cannot be illegitimate, unjust, and inappropriate. Free countries don't tolerate that. This, however, does not explain the second driver of compliance. I want you to get this. That is, it does not explain why we bought into lockdown laws and willingly accepted them as the basis of our public morality. This is what I meant by it turned into a religion. To the point that we even often justified our non-compliant behaviors as nonetheless remaining within the spirit of the law. It does not explain why we looked upon the sanitized 
terrorized redrawing of the society and saw that it was good. In other words, what he's saying is, if you didn't take the vaccine, you were bad, filthy, you were diseased, a leper. If you did, you are clean, holy, and pure. See how we created a religion? It was worth briefly revisiting with the benefit of cooled heads and hindsights what exactly this looked like. Over the course of a week or so, he says, our lives and concerns were dyed a COVID monochrome and narrowed down around a single shared priority, slowing the spread of the novel coronavirus or in the stock phrase of the time, flattening the curve. You guys remember that the curve. To achieve this, we were asked to abandon almost every single activity that make up our shared lives and distinguished us from battery-farmed animals, <laughs> including but not limited to seeing friends, going to school, shopping, going to theaters, playing team sports, meeting for romance or sex. No kidding. Remember, put a mask on if you're going to have sex and just hanging out. But you can't go see your grandma Remember that? Now, this is the Fauci that's getting ready to go meet with these people in a couple of days. He was the one that advocated this. In a way, it's also radically simplified. It also radically simplified our lives. I want you to get the insight here. This is so uncanny. I don't think I'm going to be able to read the article completely. But what he says is, in a lot of ways, people were moved into a new way of life that was simple. And that was appealing. Under the radical, bewildering uncertainty of early 2020, the lockdown rules saved us from having to negotiate the perils and ambiguities of being mortals amongst mortals in times of plagues by telling us what we need to do in most cases. Want to see grandma? Simple. You can't. Want to go shopping? Essentials only and follow the tape lines across the floor, please. Want to continue an affair with the milkman or just see your girlfriend? Well, again, you can't do that. <laughs> and pray that you don't live in uh, certain states. I'm not going to name. Borrowing a term from moral philosophy, the lockdowns introduced what is called decidability, or at least the illusion of decidability into our lives that would otherwise have been absent. Under its way, we no longer had to engage with our lives as moral agents tasked with making imperfect judgments about what is right or wrong, as we could assume that those judgments had already been made by a higher authority and were reflected in its rules. In other words, church, in a legalist system, where you don't engage sound truth that allows you to, by free agency, make a determination of the plausibility of it or not. Life under lockdown settled all philosophical difficulties in, that, that we were faced with a course of action. One wasn't to ask, is this the right thing, but does this flatten the curve? So he goes on to make some arguments. Now, what I want to do before we go to break is talk about something that he states, which is really insightful. He talks about paternalism versus, um, uh, there's another word, parentalism. Paternalism versus parentalism. He says, what was convenient was the decidability uh, may go some way to explaining why we internalize the lockdown worldview so easily in this case. He says paternalism is where the government acts like a parent and tells you what to do. Paternalism is them imposing upon you all of the necessary rules to follow, and if you follow them, you'll be okay. That's paternalism. But there was another word he said. It's called parentalism. 
parentalism. In contrast, we refer to the attitudes of the persons who seek to have values imposed upon them by other persons, by the state or by transcendental, by, by transcendental forces. That is to say, people on the ground wanted a parent. They wanted the government to and the government was willing to be a parent. This is what we call totalitarianism, ladies and gentlemen. What is totalitarianism? Is when the government is willing to tell you what to do and you are willing to do it. It is a two-way street. You can and very loosely define socialism as the range of political projects that seek to impose some kind of collectivized control over the individual's liberties of actions and provides a list of its possible sources, which includes parental socialism, unlike the other sources identified by Buchanan, however, which have to do with the structural, uh, structural and, and powers of the state. Parental socialism concerns the expectations that citizens have of said state. Freedom and agency, observes Buchanan, come with responsibility. And that's what people don't want. They want to be like children, free to go about and do what they want, and then be told by the government what to do and what not to do, particularly in times of emergency. Because when you're dealing with difficult, harrowing times, to be a free agent means you got to be mature and ready to, ready to suffer the consequences of your choices. This is the advantage that our government has over us now, that we have been sitting in front of boob tubes and social media and have been watered down in our brains and are so frivolous and weak and shallow that we can't do research for ourselves, make assessments for ourselves. It's called listen to the quote unquote experts. You are not free people. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.50. Got 10 minutes to go. I want to say a couple more things about the article, then I'll try to take Audie's phone call. When you read an article like this about the nanny state, when you read an article that tells you that the government is poised and positioned to be a parent and the people and citizens are poised to be children, that means we have gone far, 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 far from the ideals of the founding fathers. We are far, far, far from free people because to be free people, you have to be informed people. To be informed people, you have to be diligent people. To be diligent people, you have to be hungry to study, hungry to know. So the founding fathers said the only way we could keep a republic is if our citizens were so completely uh, educated in our constitution and our, our, our federal laws and our government's principles <clears throat> that they would be ready to step in and occupy offices so that we can sustain the uh, three forms of government in a way of equity so that society can be free. The only way you can be a free people, they said, is if the uh, American citizens are profoundly informed and we are far from that today especially with the massive influxing of uh, a illegal people from different countries who are never educated in the form of government that we operate under. This is a, a hue and cry by many good men that we are far, far, far <clears throat> from that. And I don't think we'll recover either. I really don't think we are going to recover. The other thing to be said about this dystopian control from the top, submission from the bottom, is it's apparent that the unruly child in a family often will be the only one that delivers the whole family from the cult. So if the family gets 
trapped by a cult. That's something radically different than the true gospel, but gets trapped by a system of lies. Often the only person that's going to be able to deliver them is that non-compliant child who is far more interested in the truth than they are compliance. I'm going to recommend to you a presentation that I've watched recently called Equilibrium. You can find it on YouTube. Watch it. Equilibrium. It's free. It'll give you some insights into what I'm talking about. Let me go to line number two and talk with Adi briefly in Sacramento. Adi, are you there? Adi, going once. She's probably not Hello. there. Okay. Adi, are you there? Yeah. Hi, Pastor. Hi, sweetheart. What's going on? Um, so me and my mom were talking as we were lis um, listening to you on the way home from work, and we got on a conversation of how do we fight this. Now, I did say that I believe through the word God will be able to, but at the end, not, but like God isn't going to work it out. But we fight when it comes to people not necessarily wanting to hear the truth. They're trying to take over our money. Um, they don't necessarily allow us to say the truth online. Um, and then when it comes to being at the workplace, how do we necessarily fight this? As well as, I think it's Matthew 26, where it talks about when in the last days they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. And I wanted to understand, because I can't lie at times as a young person who still, there are still things that I want to be married, Lord willing, and have kids. All right, so well, I'm, I'm going to take that up because those are big questions. I'm going to take it up. I'm going to okay. let you listen off there. They're very big. So uh, a lot of the yeah. aspects of what you're saying, I'm not going to be able to fully deal with here. But I will give you guys some big principles because these are true whether we are in difficult times like this or not. So this is how we'll work out first and foremost, living in an incorrigible culture, a culture where they don't listen. That's not new. They didn't listen in the days of Jesus. I love this. Matthew 11 said, Jesus said, John the Baptist came to you mourning and you put him down because you wanted to dance. Uh, you put him in jail and then you killed him. You cut his head off because you... You didn't want to comply with God's call to more. Uh, and then the son of man came, Matthew 11, and he came, you know, bringing joy and gladness. And, and you called him a wine bibber and a glutton and a, and a you know, a, a devil. In other words, you were children in the marketplace, not willing to comply with the nature and character of the revelation that God was sending. We've always had to deal with that, you guys. Um, it is never a new thing when the Christian message is not well received. Uh, this is part of the delusion of the present generation we live in. We think our Christianity is supposed to be loved and accepted, and people consider you a Christian because you're a nice person. That is not what makes you a Christian at all. You can be nice and on your way to hell. The devil is nice. Please believe it. And so we have to know that there are going to be times when the things we say are not going to be accepted and they're not going to be viewed as nice because we are explicitly going against the grain of cultural trends. The issue is going to always be when we say a thing and how we say it. That's always going to be the case. So number one, always just operate out of a self-preservation mode of making sure that you're in the right space with you and God, because what that will do is it will make sure that most of the time that when an opportunity comes to sharing something with people, it will be motivated by God's spirit rather than the carnality of your flesh. 
So for you and I, we want to study to answer. We want to prepare to answer. We want to work on how we would frame a thing, how we would say a thing, and then we want God to um, use us where he will. And we need to be content when he doesn't because you and I don't need to be the only one saying everything or to anyone. God's using all kind of people everywhere. The other reality as is that um, given uh, what, what Matthew 24 says is, in those days, they will be given in marriage and being married. It simply means we're going to be doing both and. At the same time, we're struggling with issues in life. We're going to also be doing life. I just married off one of my daughters a couple of days ago. Absolutely phenomenal, joyful event. So we're celebrating and we're doing life because that's what God would have us do, occupy till he comes. So we're going to always do both and. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to be vigilant. We're going to be watchful. We're going to worship. We're going to go out witness. We're going to use our freedom and rights to protest against error, falsehood, and lies because we want people to live in a free society. We are also going to um, enjoy life as well as we possibly can. We're going to be uh, people who live in the normalcy of God's grace. We're going to do both, and that's how you live a balance-centered life. You don't stick your head in the sand suggesting things aren't evil. You don't act like the only thing that you live for is to gratify the lust of your flesh. That is not missional. But being part of being part of being missional is the ability to strike the balance between um, our enjoying life and our fulfilling our mission. That's a balancing act that God will give you grace to do because we have to do it. And of course, listening to me as you do on Tuesdays and Fridays and Sundays, we're definitely going to be talking more about our economic situation and how to handle that in the days coming forth. So those are great questions, very good questions. And uh, just stay tuned because we'll have to do it. We live in a society where they are definitely squeezing us in with technology. Watch Equilibrium. Okay, it's online. It's free. Enjoy it. It's going to wake you up a little bit, but it's cool because the... The, the plot ultimately ends up with good people winning, which is uh, which is what the, the message of the gospel is in terms of who Christ is and what we should do to uh, suffer for the truth's sake. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gist, Dan. Until then, until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.